Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod with Kyle Rush, Ben Taylor, and Nate Pass. What's up, everybody? We're back again. It's another episode this week, episode 162 of the Dad Bod Golf Pod. Proudly members of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. My name's Kyle. We got a new guest. He was here for the Ryder Cup. We had Ryder Cup discussions. Uh, my buddy Fry uh, from Oklahoma. He is the resident golf nerd, golf historian, golf club guy. He's the guy I always turn to when I need advice, when I got, when I got questions. We are going to break down opening day bunch of bets from betonline.ag and uh, we're just going to have a blast talking about our favorite time of the year it's thursday is thursday of the masters fry masters. masters week fry what's going on bud this is the be- best week of the year it's masters week the azaleas are, are there any azaleas in o- oklahoma uh if there is i haven't seen them <laughs> mine are blooming out front they look beautiful i know they're going to be gone in like the next couple of weeks but uh man it starts today uh tiger's going to be on the course um are you going to get anything done today probably but mostly because i have a job that i yeah. work nine to five so yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I'll be at the pharmacy, but I will definitely have the live stream going on in the background on either the work computer or the TV in the background, or we'll have it on somehow, but yeah, yeah. and it's, it's the return, return of Tiger, his first professional event since I think November of 2020. So we're talking about 17 going on 18 months of being without the goat. So Definitely be definitely be good to see him back. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's on our list of props, but I saw <clears throat> earlier where I think it's even money on whether or not he makes the cut this week. So really, even be an, money. That'd be an interesting one to talk about for sure. Well, I mean, tonight's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We've already been kind of teasing it. The number one sports betting website uh, in the country. Uh, use coupon code believe and get a 50% sign on bonus with your first deposit. And then you can take some of these props that we're going to take if you get them in, in time and, uh, use your, use your, uh, little 50% bonus and hopefully make some money. And we're going to dive into some of these prop bets. Cause I think it's just awesome. We'll, we'll, we'll dissect them. We'll go, uh, we'll go put our picks out there. Uh, for everyone to hear and uh, have fun talk about. It. Let's just go ahead and talk about that one. Let's just go ahead and talk. Start off right there. Tiger's the one we we want to talk about. Um, he's the one everybody's going to want to talk about. Um, even money to make the cut. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I not not even. Well, it's minus one ten either way. So yeah. I mean, I guess that's easy. Just juice even, one way. Even odd, even odds either way. But yeah, um, so I'm saying yes, he's going to make the cut only because I have history on my side. Um, most people probably don't know this. Tigers never missed the cut at the Masters. Mm, wow. Has he ever missed the cut after? And so, I mean, that would include after long layoffs, like coming back. Well, from, as a, I, sh- I should say as a professional. 
I yeah. think he missed the cut one of the times. As an amateur. After, yeah, as an amateur, but he's never missed the cut as a professional. Yeah, and then there's been several times where he's come back. I mean, he's never come back right at the Masters, though, from like a long pause, like the Masters being his first tournament. But, uh, I mean, he's come back after he's had pauses and maybe played a few tournaments prior, but um, that's an actually that's – a, that's a great fact. Uh, never missed a cut at the Masters. He just knows how to play it. He, like, gets back out there. Yeah. It's like learns how to ride a bike all over again. Um, His worst finish is a tie for 38th. Wow. Ooh, I – I don't, I mean, it's, I've been saying all day, I've, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter and uh, on other spheres saying, oh, he, he can't make the cut after coming back from, you know, major surgery and that kind of thing. But golf is all about courses and horses for courses. And I mean, this, there can't be a more perfect course that's set up for his game. I mean, he's always been a long hitter of the golf ball and, he has always his iron game has always been basically the best part, of his, best part of his game, and those are two things that will make you majority of the time successful, or at least making the cut successful. Yes, I mean obviously you have to putt well to win, but I mean if you drive it well and you hit the greens, you're going to make the cut majority of the time, and and that's you know that's what's in question here. Yeah, I mean, and I think the only question that you really have uh, if if he can or cannot make the cut is where's the speed? Where's his speed at? How How is he going to be able to, on that leg, be able to pump it out there to be able to not have to hit uh, non-scoring irons into every single, you know, par four with greens that maybe not be super receptible to those type of irons, like can he can he pump it out there? And like Freddie, everybody that's talking to him says he's he's pumping it out there 280, 290, right where he needs to be, flying it past uh Justin Thomas, uh hanging in there with with you know the younger, healthier guys. I mean, if he can do that, he knows how to score on this course. He knows how to manage this course. I just think that is a almost lock bet. Tiger. And it's you don't have to give up much. You're only laying uh, minus one ten, so you're only laying ten dollars on juice uh, for every hundred. Like that's that's one you got to hit right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, so they did an interview with Billy Horschel on Monday, who played practice round on Sunday um, with Tiger. I think this, I think that was his only practice round this week where he played a full eighteen. And Horschel said, I mean, he's he's got just as much power um as as any or as any time he's ever played with them so I mean the power is definitely there I think the question that the majority of us are going to have is um his recovery time after each round you know is he going to come out the next day and and or each successive day and have the energy and the wherewithal to make it through each day Cause that's, I mean, that's really the only question is how is, how is his legs going to hold up being this is his first tournament back. And I mean, you, you know, you've been there before, it's a tough walk on a good day, much oh, less yeah. coming back from, you know, major surgery on your legs and haven't been in the type of horrific car wreck that he was in. So right. I, all that said though, I think he can make it through two days um, you know, coming back his his first tournament back after 
his last long layoff, his first major back, if I recall correctly, was um, the Open Championship. I um, can't remember the year. May have been 16 or 17, whatever year um, Francesco Molinari won. And it was kind of a similar deal. Like he, that was a course where he had to plot his way around and kind of strategically play the course. And I think that's, you know, that's going to kind of be he and Joe LaCava's, you know, goal for this week is, right. you know, they know where they need to be. They know where they don't need to be. Um, and I, I think that's plays to his advantage, especially as much course knowledge as he has, has as much knowledge as, you know, 99% of the field that's playing this week. So I, I like him to make the cut. I, I do too. I'm with you. Pound that. Go ahead. Win, get get your win under under the belt right there. Um, I'm looking at some of these other props. Let's go to hole-in-ones. Let's skip down to um, hole-in-ones. Um, you can bet on any hole, tw- uh, any par three, 12, 16, 4, 6. Will there or will there not be? a hole in one. And the thing that jumps out to me is for 16, yes is only plus 105. So it's almost an even money bet that there will be a hole in one on 16. Uh what do you think about that? So I have, t- you know, a, a few feelings on this. If there's going to be a hole in one, most likely it's going to be at 16. Um, so there's been 33 holes in one yeah. in the history of the Masters. So the no bet is probably the safe bet. But if there is going to be a hole in one, it's going to be at 16. 16 accounts for three quarters of the holes in one all time at the Masters. Um, I believe there's been... I'm looking 33 at, there's been 33 in history 23 of those 33 have come at hole number 16 how about this 2016 2017 2018 2019 and then i'm not sure exactly how they count for 2020 and 2021 but it has a it, it skips 2020 and hits 2021 I, so I don't know if that was that was like it was last year. Tommy, Tommy Fleet, Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood made the only hole in one at that so it, hole. So last. Dustin Johnson's was skipped. They didn't. There wasn't one when Dustin Johnson won. Is that right? And then they did have the one in twenty twenty one. Is that what it's saying? Correct. Yeah, there was so, two. There, there was two in the twenty twenty one the um, Hideki Matsuyama year. Yep. There was two, but the one of them was at sixteen course was tommy fleetwood and then the other was at number six which we haven't discussed yet yeah Uh, so by by my dark horse pick of this this Corey Corey connor so you got one two three four five times out of the last six masters there's been a hole in one at um 16 the odds sort of are in your favor and you can kind of get an even money bet there you don't win a ton but um May not be a bad one to look. Uh, some of the others are crazy. So 12 plus 900, uh, four plus, plus 1,600. For good reason. Yeah, for good reason. And then six plus 1,200. Uh, any thoughts there? So number four plus 1,600 is for good reason. There's only ever been one in history 
Yeah. Um, by Je- Jeff Sluman in 1992. That's a beast of a hole. If I recall correctly, that was uh, Fred Couples' year. Yes. Yes, you're right. And then at number 12, there this number 12 carries the longest hole-in-one drow of any of the holes um, at the Masters. There's not been a hole-in-one there since 1988 by Curtis Strange. Wow. On, only been three there in history. And you would think that that wouldn't be the case because it was the shorter. Uh, it was a shorter of the par par threes, but at the same token, the greens much smaller. So you kind of got to hit and spin it back into the hole. Like, whereas 16 has a lot of like rolling out, like a putts type deal going into the hole. Um, so that's kind of crazy. The shortest, the shortest of the par threes has the, you know, one of the longest droughts of having a hole in one. Yeah. And well, there'll be a ton, there'll be a ton of close calls. I mean, there'll yeah. be a ton of balls that hit and stop real close to the hole. Um, but they say whenever you're coming off of 11 green is when the caddies are checking for the win because right. you go down to the tee box, which is down for further down below um, the level of the green on number 11. And then there's tree, the, the pine trees kind of protect that whole green. And they say that there's, when you hit your shot, the flight of the ball gets up above the tallest point of the trees. And that's what makes it so tricky is you have to know if there's wind gusts above the trees um, on number 12 right. to judge that distance just right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, anything else to take away from there? Um, all those are, are pretty crazy. The only thing, um, number six is the no, I'm sorry. Number uh, number twelve gives you the lowest amount to to spend on the no at minus twenty four hundred to win one hundred. Um, but you're betting on you'd be betting on the hole that has the longest drought without having a hole in one. So um, yeah, one well, wants to bet on no. Like if you're betting yeah. on these, you're betting on yes and hoping for the. the if you're unimagin- betting on no, you have a you have a gambling problem. <laughs> You're trying to you're trying to jump. <laughs> you have a lot of money to spend. Yeah, a ton of money uh, to win, not not very much. All right, so uh, let's move on from hole ones. Uh, let's talk about the cut line. Uh, the cut line right now is uh, oh, uh, one forty eight and a half, which is essentially four and a half over. If I'm doing that correctly, correct. Yeah, yes. two times. So, they, so basically, if you shoot four over for the 74 74, you make the cut. If you shoot 74 75, you miss the cut. All right. What are you taking right there? So there's going to, there's, it's raining again there. So it's rained there all week. So we're going into wet conditions. Historically, the years that the conditions are wet, the scoring is higher. Right. And the reasoning for that, and it, it's become especially more true the further we've got into history because they lent, the, the course is already a beast of a course. I mean, I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 75, 7,600 yards. And when it's, when it's wet and it's not rolling, I mean, you're, you're eliminating half the field um, just because you have to, you have to hit the ball a certain length to even be able to compete there. So in wet condition years, I would favor the over. So I, I'm 
if I'm taking either side of that, I'm taking that it's going to be higher than 148. Really? Yeah. And and I get, I get what you're saying. Cause guys like Bernhard Langer are probably going to have a hard time. Uh, got, he can, he can sneak around and he'll make a cut, you know, every, every so often uh, that pretty much eliminates all your, your older past champions that can sometimes sneak in and make a cut that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. But at the same token, there's going to be dudes that can throw, you can throw darts. It's going to, the greens are going to be softer. Um, you got a chance to throw irons uh, closer. You don't necessarily have to worry so much about the firmness and using slopes on the greens and things like that. So uh, on those scoring holes, you could see some, you, you could see some really tight, um, you know, you could see some, as Nate likes to call them, butt darts thrown in there. Um uh, a little bit more, uh, more than usual. So um, I would say I'm just going to go, uh, I'm going to go the other way because I'm on this train that um, I just feel like for these guys, Augusta national is just not that tough. There's too, there's too many, there's too many par fives that are so scorable and, uh, and uh, stuff like that. And these guys are just so long. Uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to go the other way. That's my, that's, that's my deal. I think it'll be somewhere around like two, two over, something like that. I, I, I'm looking at because I think they're going to go low this year. So I'm I'm curious to see the pin placement on number fifteen for tomorrow. Yeah, if they have it front left in wet conditions, I mean, you're going to see a ton of big numbers because there's going to wet. So wet conditions off the tee you're not going to roll as far. So there's going to be more guys laying up yep. and that front, that front left pin position is one where if you get, if you hit it short of the hole or if you hit it long of the hole and it has any backspin coming down towards the hole, it runs all the way to the water. Right. So it's it. That, that's going to be a fun hole to watch tomorrow in wet conditions for sure. I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's move on to another. I think this is a fun one. Um, highest score in the tournament in one round. The 86 and a half is what we're looking at on that 86 one. and a half. So is there going to be an 87? Yeah. <laughs> Will there be an 87? I'm trying to look up scores from last year. So um, I'm, I'm taking yes. Uh, I'm for the average Joe's out there of the world. Yeah. I, we want carnage. You know, we want to see a Larry Mize or, a, you know, another past champion, you know, post in 87 to make us feel, make us feel like we can compete. Know, we, we can compete and, you know, we don't have to feel bad when we shoot 87 at our, at our home courses as they do it at the masters too. You know, the, the cut last year, just going back, the cut last year was four over. So that's like dead on um, where they have the line. I'm looking at some of the scores last year, and it looks like the highest score that I can find. Probably an 86. Is 84. Larry Mai shot 84-79. Last year was a dry year, though. So those guys, you know, the the older guys the sh- that sh- hit the ball shorter – you yeah. know that it, it favored them to not for not shooting a high number, but I don't see wet, wet conditions like this. It's going to favor the higher scores for sure. Yeah, and I don't still, see a ninety-one coming. You see, you see a ninety-one. 
Oh, I wish you could. I wish you could um, up the ante and over and under 90. That would be, that would be epic. <laughs> I'm looking for an alt line on the highest score. <laughs> an alt, an alt line. Yes. Yes. I, love I want it. the, I want like plus 185 odds on a, on a not over 90. So over is minus 120. So that could be, I mean, you might be, they're basically saying that they kind of think it could go, or the, at least the money could be going that way on the over. So that's, uh, that's, you got to think, but you know, there, there may be an amateur that first time there has blow up potential, you know, that kind of thing. They, some of those guys can, can turn a, a, a few bogeys into, a four or five hole stretch where they go eight or nine over and, and that's those scores start to add up pretty quickly. Well, so t- your theory, this could be, a, this could be a good bet then. Um, lowest first round score. The line is set at 65 and a half first mm-hmm. round. Um, under is plus 150 over is minus 180. So that's not really that much juice. Uh, if you, what do you think about that one? So I don't think – so what I wrote down for my notes is I don't think that there's going to be a score under uh, 65 in the whole tournament. Wow. So uh, for for it to – if it's going to happen, more than likely it's going to happen on one of the first couple of days. Is as the week goes on, they start to trick the course up a little more and make it a little harder for scoring. Um, but, no, I'm t- – I just with these wet conditions i'm taking the over on all of these you know i'm i wow that that may be the safe way to play it but i just don't think scoring is going to be as low as what as what we've seen in the past cut definitely not as low i think the two years ago when dustin johnson won it in the november edition i think that was the lowest score to par or close to it but right matt it was a little higher last year and i think it's going to it's probably going to be pretty close. I'm I'm guessing probably eight or seven, eight, nine under somewhere in there is probably going to be the winning score. Yeah, I'm taking the over. I feel you. I feel you. And that's not. There's some good value there too. So if you take the over on both, over on lowest 18 hole, over 65 and a half on lowest 18 hole score for the whole tournament. If you take the over there, it's pl- it's two to one basically, two to one odds. So. Uh, it's not a bad, that's not a bad value bet right there. Um, and then lowest round score on just the first round, it's minus 180 if you take the over. I honestly, I, I'm almost with you there. I think that might be the one because you don't have to lay a lot of juice. Um, you, you, that could be, that could be an easy winner right there because I'm with you. I think even though I think the scores in general are going to be low, it's going to be hard because there's not like you said there's not that many people that are going to have the length tomorrow when it's wet because it's absolutely dumped on augusta for two days it's dumped on over here in auburn um it's at so and that's only three and a half four hours away i know it's dumped on there they've had to postpone parts of the round all the round on tuesday and then parts of the round today or yesterday uh so it's going to be a wet one i think that's good value right there for sure um when you got to think too, with that many rain delays leading up to it, number one, they're going to be playing a completely different course than what they played in the previous couple practice rounds. But also, 
with that many rain delays, you, I mean, these guys haven't met, even had the ability to practice as there's been, you know, it's been thunderstorms. It's not just been rain. That's true. So there, you know, a lot majority of the field's probably going to be coming out a little rusty. So yep. that, that, I mean, that, that could play a part. I mean, you, granted they, these are professionals. These are the best golfers in the world, but I think that does, when, when we're talking about, you know, someone shooting a 65, um, which has only happened in the first round. I mean, it, it does just doesn't happen very often, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, traditionally, what we'll see um, in the first round is maybe like one or two guys that shoot really low scores, and then the rest of the under par scores kind of bunch up at that three, two, three, four under number. Gotcha. Gotcha. I like it. So uh, scrolling down a little bit more, um, I like this bet because there are some hot uh, rookies in this field, okay? Uh, rookie to win the Masters, yes, is plus 1,000. Essentially a 10-to-1 uh, bet. I think that is a um, – I think that is a good, good value bet there. And uh, what do you, what do you think about that? So do you have do you have a list of rookies? I know off the top of my head, I can think of uh, one. They've been talking about him all week. So I've seen a lot of the people talking about Sam Ryder coming in, playing really good golf. I think he's had top fifteen finishes last four tournaments, um, and he's definitely a Ryder Cup rookie. So he, Masters I mean, he, rookie, yeah. I mean, you got Ryder, guys like Sam Burns. My mistake. Yeah, Sam Burns, uh, Taylor Gooch, Harry Higgs. Um, I mean, there's some there's some hot young names uh, that uh, you know I think that could possibly have a chance, possibly have a chance to win. Sam Burns being the the number one, uh, probably on my list that I would think. Yeah, uh, Sam. Harry Higgs. You got to go with the swag monster. Harry Higgs, this is why I think Harry Higgs has a chance because he doesn't care about things. You know what I mean? So, like, some of these guys, I feel like the uh, rookies, the moment could be, um, you know, maybe too big or, or, you know, maybe be, you know, the nervousness and the, the, the moment could be a little bit big. Harry Higgs is a kind of guy where it seems like he just doesn't really care that much. Uh, so I could see him possibly having a chance to go low and he hits, a, he hits it pretty, he, you know, he hits it pretty good out there. So, uh, but Sam Burns seems to be the hot name. Um, you know, Taylor Gooch, he, he was a winner last year. Uh, he could be one, um, but I mean, 10 to one odds. That's what I'm saying. 10 to one odds. you got some talent in the field. I think when you got a guy like Sam Burns in the field, you got a chance to, you possibly have a chance to pull that off. What do you think about that? I, yeah, I mean, the last first time winner, I think you're going back to want to say, I think it's fuzzy Zeller, 1978. So, I mean, you're going, you're going back a pretty good ways for the last first, you know, win on your first attempt. Um, I don't know. I think I'd want better than 10 to one odds on that. Really? Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, just saw that thought it jumped out at me um, just because of some of the rookies in the field might be one to, you know, 
throw five, ten bucks on, see what happens. Um, you want to talk about some of these tiger props? Might as well. Let's just talk about some of these tiger props. Um, round one birdies, three and a half. What do you think about that? Uh, I feel like that's pretty. Well, I mean, there's so many par fives out there. Uh, yeah. I feel like I'd, I feel like I'd be taking the over on that just based on three and a five, half. Yeah, par five scoring alone. I mean, you got to think he's probably going to get at least two or three of the par five. So then he's only got to make one or two more birdies the rest of his round, which we all know he's capable of. So, yeah, I'd be taking the over on that. You, you he's feel probably like- going to make probably going to make some bogeys too. You know, yeah. being his first tournament in whatever we said, 17, 18 months. But I think there's he's got some birdies in the tank for sure. You feel like two and 13 are almost auto birdies because um, he can get there. 15, depending on his drive and where the pin is, could be, you know, could be a birdie. Eight's going to be tough. It all depends on his wedge, his wedge, get at like how, how his short game is because it's going to be hard to get there in two. Uh, but yeah, that's two or three birdies right there. And then, depending on where the pin is on on sixteen, is typically I think on uh, Thursday it's typically in the front left, isn't it? That's that's front left. Uh, so that's a gettable one. Um, gosh, there's uh, I mean, and this this doesn't take into account bogeys. This is just how many birdies can you make? I think I'm taking the over. I think I would take the over, and the over is paying uh, plus 110. So that could be a good one to get on. Uh, bogeys, four and a half. Um, I think I may take the over on that too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, ta- I'm taking the under on that. I think I think he's going to play a cleaner round than that. Uh, I mean, I think okay. if he has – if he does have bogeys, he might have three or four, but I don't think he'll have more than four. I think three, four, and five – I'm sorry, four, five, and six are so crucial in 11. I, I think three, four, five, six, and 11 to me, those are those are crucial holes for him. Uh, and if he can get through those, all the other ones – to me, a lot of the other ones he can – he just – it's just – it's sort of like straight ahead. He he, he kind of ten, – 10 can be tough if he can't, you know, really turn over his – turn over whatever club he's going to use on 10. But um, every other hole, it seems like he sort of fits him. Um, those, those holes are always a tough stretch. Uh, those long par threes, man. But the green so big on four, if you just sort of – if you hit the hit the green and two putt, you're you're good. Uh, but you just work. I I I think I'm, I think he can make birdies, but I think he's going to make bogeys. So I think I would take the over on that. I think he probably shoots somewhere around even par, or you know maybe one over. That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking he's going to shoot tomorrow. So I would take the over uh, on both, and probably end up somewhere right around there, right around even to one over par. Got you. So a few a few things about this. Um, what well, we discussed earlier on Tiger making the cut. The reason that the Augusta National has set up so well for him is this: if in his career, if there's been one strike against him or against his game, it's been hitting fairways. And right. as the you know, you know, if you've watched any of the Masters on the TV or been there, 
they're extremely wide fairways. So, I mean, that's oh, yeah. good. that's one thing that plays to his favor. Yes. Um, on a day with wet conditions, like, like he's going to see tomorrow, those longer par threes, he's going to be hitting, you know, into more receptive greens. So I think that's, you know, that's something that could help limit his bogeys. Um, I don't know. I think we differ on this one. I think, I think I'm taking the, you're going the opposite on both. (laughs) Yeah. I think he said, I think he's going to play a cleaner round. I think if he does have, like I said, if he does have bogeys, it won't be more than four. Um, and I think he's going to have more birdies, but I, I, I feel like he'll probably finish probably around even or one under. Love it. Love it. All right. Tiger Woods finishing, finishing position 35 and a half. What do you like? Yeah, I mean, we you just said top this. four. You said you said top thirty or top forty. Where his worst finish ever is thirty eighth. So I'm, you know, if he can even just replicate his worst finish ever, he's probably beaten that one. So I'm, I'm taking the, I'm, however you term it, better over. I, I'm taking for him to finish better than than 30. under. So it'd be under thirty five and a half. So I, I guess that's about. That's a good question. What is over? What's the odds on that? So under 35 is 35 and a half is almost two to one. So they're yeah. kind of looks like the money is sort of headed towards him finishing over 35.5. Um, that's a tough one for me. Um, if I had to guess, I think he does make the cut. If I had to guess, I'd say he's probably – I think he's going to end up being around even par is what I think he would be, maybe a couple under. And it looks like last year – but, I mean, heck, last year that would have got him top 20. So, uh, I guess that would mean I would take the under. So, I would take the under and it's, you know, paying off, you know, plus 180. So, it's not a bad one. This was an interesting one. Um, only because I feel like the money on the no is not quite as high as I would think it would be. And this is Tiger Woods to withdraw. And it's uh, no is minus only minus 600. I would have felt that would have been in the thousands. Um, yes, it's plus 350. Um, so I want, I want stipulations on this. Is it? withdraw at all during the tournament or is this like first two rounds before the cut or it says it it says it says will tiger woods withdraw from the 2022 masters must play one shot to count otherwise bets void so i guess it's even if he makes the cut um it would count so uh, he could withdraw on saturday or sunday Uh, i would think you'd have to shoot tiger to to keep him from finishing the tournament if he made the cut um unless he literally could not walk i mean we watched him play 18 holes uh in the u.s open with broken bones in his body um i mean i would almost be willing to lay the juice and bet no on that just because i just don't feel like there's any i mean i would be almost be willing to put out if he if he tees off if he tees off on uh, if he tees off on uh, tomorrow morning, then I, I mean I don't see there's any any way he does he withdraws. So, so this is what I term as a degenerates bet. <sighs> so the majority of people that are taking this are people that have gambling problems or 
if you're trying to hedge on an earlier position, like you took, you took the yes, he was going to make the cut for, you know, for good, for good money, but you're worried he's not going to finish the tournament. So you take the plus odds on him withdrawing to, to, to hedge against if he makes the cut, but can't quite finish the tournament. I got you. I'm yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, any other, uh, prop bets that you see that, that have jumped out at you? Yeah. So I, I want to talk about the Albatross one. Okay. Let's talk about it. So what, what are, what is our odds for? Yes, there will be an Albatross in the 2022 masters. Eight to one. Eight to one. I would want higher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where's it going to come? So, yeah, so in the history of the Masters, there's only been four albatrosses. Is that oh. is that how you Al- albatry? Al- I think is is that Al- however you. <laughs> um. So, most recently was 2012, which was Do you Louis. know who? Yeah, that was Louis. Do you know who made the most or, or the uh, the most iconic albatross at the Masters? I do not. So Gene Sarazen in 1935, which I believe was the second edition of the Masters on number 13. That's probably the most talked about one. Um, there's been four in history. The other two, Bruce Delvin or Devlin, 1967. Most people don't probably don't know him. The other one, 1994, Jeff Maggart. Wow. It was kind of a journeyman PGA uh, pro in the late 90s, early 2000s. And he probably has what, what I would term as the most significant. Um, do you know why? Why is that? He is the only, only player with multiple albatrosses in major championships. Wow. That's he made have his, it. To have multiple in just general life is a big deal, but to have multiple in major championships is outrageous. So he made his first in 94 at the Masters and his second in 2001 at the Open Championship, also known as the British Open, but I don't want to ruffle any feathers by calling it the British Open. Yeah, don't call it that. You're you're on with me tonight. You, You call it the Open because that's what it's called. All right, so let's do one more, and then we're going to do our picks uh, and uh, picking a dark horse, and then we will uh, get ready to watch some golf. All right, winning margin. I like I like bets like this. Um, they give you four shots or more, exactly one shot, a playoff, exactly two shots, exactly three shots. What do you think? All of it pays plus odds. Um, what do you? Uh, which way would you be leaning here? Uh, historically, majority of the wins come as a one-shot victory, so that's where I'm play. That's where I'd be placing my money. Plus three twenty-five. Uh, I like it. I'm gonna go. I wish playoff was higher. Playoffs only plus three twenty-five, um, and four shots or more. You would think that would be high odds. Um, it's plus two fifty. So four shots or more is less. I mean, I guess that gives you more. Uh, four shots or more gives you more um, opportunity, like different scenarios. So maybe that's why the odds are go so low. But it, I'm like you, historically, it's pretty close. Um, 
I'm going to go – I just like the number. I'm going to go exactly two shots plus 400. Uh, little little juice and uh, let's make some money there. Uh, you got one shot plus 325. I'm taking two shots plus 400. Uh, and let's have some fun. All right, last last thing. Give me your winner and give me a dark horse. And dark horse, let's say 30 – 30 to one or more is your dark horse. Who's your winner? Who's your dark horse and why? Gotcha. So one, one more interesting stat to watch going into the weekend or going right. into the you know, final tournament that don't know if it affects any bets or not, but 26 of the last 31 winners came from the final pairing. So that's just something interesting to think about going into the weekend. I think there was a 54 hole lead um, bet uh, with the leader. Uh, 54 hole leader be when when the tournament so check it, there was one of those i think i saw on on the uh on the prop so all right hit it give me your uh give me your winner your favorite and then your dark horse so my winner um jordan spieth um, okay and for for a couple reasons um the over the last probably three or four years since he won his last major championship, which was the 2017 open championship where he kind of dueled with Matt Kuchar. Um, he's had swing issues and yeah. his swing has kind of, he's been struggling to find his swing. Um, and coming into this year, he made some interesting swing changes um, around the first of the year that seemed to be starting to pay off a little bit. Um, I think he led the field last week at the Houston Open in strokes gain tee to green. I think he was mm. plus over plus 10 strokes gain. Sorry about that. Had a little technical week, difficulties. Like We're right back with I mean, Jordan Speed. He never strikes the ball that well. His I mean, his, what's always saved him going is to putting. lead him to victory and this week. Fry hit it. Right. So what's traditionally saved him in the past has been his putting um, and his, you know, he's made these swing changes. He, I think he led the field last week, like I said, in the, in the Houston open <clears throat> at plus 10 um, strokes gained T to green. So, you know, he, he comes into this week striking the ball as good as probably he's ever struck it. And he comes into a place where he's, he can find magic on the greens. I mean, it, this is a place where he's traditionally putted as good as he's putted anywhere else. And he's, his, I, I listened to some of his interviews coming in. He's got a positive attitude, which is a big thing for Jordan. I, I, I just got a gut feeling on that. Got it. This is just my hunch. I like it. I like it. Uh, mine is, I've already put this out there, but I'm going with the number one player in the world. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, uh, biggest reasons, uh, long off the tee, uh, exceptionally long off the tee, uh, top 20 in strokes game putting. It's a big deal. Uh, top 10 in just strokes gain in general, um, t- uh, on the field, uh, t- top 25 strokes gain T to green, um, guys won three times already. He's been sort of a budding, like just on the cusp of exploding. Uh, I think it kind of kick-started with the Ryder Cup of him smoking uh, John Rahm, and then it sort of, sort of snowballed. And uh, like we said, he's won three times this year uh, already. Won the match play most recently, uh, Phoenix Open, um, Arnold Palmer, 
just number one in the world. Uh, he can go low. Uh, he's, he's a 59 guy. He's been, he just knows how to make birdies. Uh, both times he's playing the masters top 20 finishes, top 20 finishes. And he's, so he knows how to play the course. He knows how to uh, finish high and, he has got to have like the most extreme confidence that he could possibly have going into this week. So I'm going Scotty Scheffler uh, as my winner. Um, Fry, who's your dark horse? Well, to, before I give you my dark horse, one thing about Scheffler, he he's the kind of guy that nothing phases him. I mean, he exactly. can make a triple bogey and he can make an albatross, and he his his intention and his you know, demeanor is still going to be the exact same. So that, and that, that's something you need around the masters. I saw, um, I saw a funny tweet. I saw a funny tweet. So they were, they were uh, talking with Scheffler and he's like, uh, somebody said, Hey, look, dad, there's Xander Shoffley. <laughs> this is Scotty <laughs> Scheffler. He's like, so I came in number one player in the world and that brought me down to earth really quick. So I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Anyway, go ahead. Who's your dark horse? So my dark horse at 35 to one odds is going to be Corey Connors, um, Canadian mm. guy. Um, on a week like this where ball striking is going to be imperative, um, a guy like Corey Connors, who that's what he's known for is how well he strikes the ball. Um, and I like him for the opposite reason of why I like Jordan Spieth, kind of. Um, his putting has become – I guess this year he's having basically one of his best putting years ever. Um, and, and he's coming in off of, I think he finished top 15 or top 10 in the masters last year. So he's got, you know, he's got a good, pretty good, decent history, his past couple attempts. And he's just a guy that's kind of coming in here playing some pretty good golf as well. So he, he's kind of, he'd be my dark horse at 35 to one odds. I actually see him as 60 to one odds on betonline.ag. So that would be even a bigger uh, scoop right there. So I like it. Corey Connors, he had a hole in one, I think, last year. Did he, did he not? On uh, number um, six. Number six. Yeah. So Corey Connors, that's a good one. Um, my dark horse, I struggled between two. Um, but I just, even though I said that if a rookie could win, I think it's going to be Sam Burns. I just really like Will Zalatoris, 35 to one, uh, playing in his second Masters. Uh, he finished second last year. He can absolutely bomb the golf ball. He's had some yippy stuff putting, but he's sort of lately started to figure it out and putt a lot better. Um, putting's going to be big. Uh, he's another guy. Strokes gained off the tee, top 10. Strokes gained approach from the green, number two. Uh, strokes gain tee to green first, um, guy can, uh, I mean, he can get, he can hit fairways, he can hit greens, he can score. Uh, and he's another one kind of like Scotty Scheffler, where it just does not seem like things really, he doesn't really care about things. Like it just, he just goes out there. Uh, he's happy to be there and he plays, plays great. So, um, 35 to 1 plus 350, uh, 3,500. I'm going to go Will Zalatoris, a.k.a. Happy Gilmore's caddy, as my dark horse. I love those picks. Um, I may go lock them in. I'll make sure I'm locking them in. Uh, I'm going to lock in your picks, too. Uh, heck, if one of them hits, we all win. So, <laughs> one, uh, another 
about Zalatoris, you know the moment's not too big for him. Is through 63 holes last year, he looked like he was going to win the tournament. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just He's definitely nails. capable. Absolutely nails. All right, real quick, one more thing. Favorite hole, least favorite hole. Go. Favorite hole at the Masters 12. Sure. Just because any, anything can happen. Uh, my least favorite hole – I gotta say, eighteen. Oh then, wow! It, uh, all, only because I would hate that as a finishing hole. I mean, it's yep. it, you come in, you come into eighteen. If you've got the lead, you got to hit a perfect drive, thread a needle through the, you know, through the chute. It can't, it can't leak on you at all because then you're blocked out by trees. It can't hook at all because then you're in big fairway bunkers. Um, and then, it, you know, you're hitting in a tough approach shot into a two-tiered green that could, you know, can has ripped many souls out. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that's I it's my least favorite, but only because it's a really, really good, tough hole. There you go. There you go. I said my least favorite is 14 because it's just like I've, there wasn't any, there was a time when uh, when you had the, the extra coverage that you could watch on the app, it would go amen corner, completely skip 14 because it's a boring <laughs> hole, then go 15, 16 in the rest of the course. They would totally skip 14. It's a boring hole until they have the pin at the base of that, uh, the base of the big tier at the back of the green. And, you know, you see guys throwing shots in there and somebody's bound to hole one out. Yeah, there you go. Well, dude, thanks for jumping on last minute, uh, giving us some more fun Masters talk. I could literally talk about it all week. I am going to talk about it all week. I may need you on this. I may need you this weekend to do some round recaps. So uh, hang out. We'll talk soon. And uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, guys, tonight's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Literally all brought to you by Bet Online. We got all of our prop bets from there. Uh, don't forget about the coupon code BELIEVE to get a 50% welcome bonus uh, on your first deposit. Um, Fry, enjoy the Masters. Um, hopefully, uh, I can get some work done too. Uh, and in the midst of of watching all the drama, it's going to be a beautiful day today. Beautiful day for for golf. Um, everybody, go enjoy it. This has been episode one sixty two of the Dad Bod Golf Pod, and we're always you've been stroking. listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod. Always stroking. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.